welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 12. Just a note about the sound. We had a cricket that decided to hang out with us the entire episode, so uh, we apologize for that, but get over it. Thanks. We have our special guest, Mr. Bren Chepetti from, from Bleeding Through. That's, Hello, yeah. That's where people know you from. That's fair enough. I like how you have a baseball bat right next to you. Yeah, just in case you guys get out of the line. <laughs> Very intimidating. <laughs> just in case you guys ask me how the new record's going. Right. <laughs> That's perfect. We, we always or need... what happened to Scott to know, or how about, tell me something about Trustkill, or <laughs> or there's the good one. So you guys got in a van accident. Yeah. That was in 2003. Right, exactly. That's pretty much all the only thing tell your me, band's... Tell me about your van accident. <laughs> the only thing your band's known for. <laughs> it pretty much is. <laughs> uh, I am one of your hosts, Ray Harkins, and we have... Scott. And... Another special guest. We've pulled in one of our past guests because uh, Joey was unfortunately not going to be able to be with us because he's busy doing some random label guy picking up his bands coming into town, something stupid. Yeah. And he actually just doesn't like Brandon. So he, he should didn't. be at the batting cages working on his batting. He should. Ooh, ooh. that is a slam. <laughs> Nobody's joking. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it's a little, a little known fact. Joey Cahill could play some ball. <laughs> that is very true. And so, yes, Chris. Yep, me. Yes, Chris, Chris Hansen, Hansen from No Sleep Records is, is also, filling in. Strange fact: former art director of Trust Pill Records. <laughs> I know. Did you ever yeah. know that? Really? Uh, yeah, I was just art director there, two thousand six, two thousand eight. Oh, cool. Yeah, we were in good graces for. Our, yeah, it was. It was when I was. Years. Yeah, yeah, when I was there, first year. Yeah, <laughs> things were all right then. Popping. Then it just fucking nosedive. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's great. So yeah, there you go. There's there's a little context for it all. We'll uh, we'll start off by encouraging our uh, new people because we had mm. our last episode was one of the most popular episodes we ever did with uh, Matt Shadows from uh, from A Seven X as many people know him yeah. and um, never heard of them, never heard yeah of them. yeah heard of them heard of them never heard of them <laughs> but uh, yeah so it was a very popular episode and uh, for those of you that stuck around to check out future episodes we appreciate it so. Uh, if you want to review our show on iTunes, that would be spectacular because it makes us look cool and, um, you know, we can get some great sponsors like we haven't had in the past, like uh, Starbucks and Apple. Those Starbucks are, needs to come around. Yeah, those are, those, yeah, those, are, those are all jokes, but... Dude, I was I was trying to talk about the coffees as much as possible during mine to get that for you. I know. Hey, man, I feel, like, I feel like it's just, a, you just need a strong worded email and you're in there. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hit up Nike about getting a Nike endorsement for my my personal training stuff and they were just sure what do you need really you know i mean it was, it was just easy you I just guess. find the right person to email you basically just gotta <laughs> write an email that convinces them that you are the shit right. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, that's what you mean by you, a strongly yeah, worded you gotta email. put a you gotta pull a fast one on them basically yeah that makes sense and they're like you are extremely legitimate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well chris can you get on that for us uh, yeah, I'll hit up Starbucks. <laughs> if they don't, I'll remove their banner from the warehouse. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, please rate us on iTunes. Like I said, it makes us look cooler, and we appreciate the feedback that all you give us. Episode 10 is the best. That's yours. You can't plug your own show. <laughs> I, I was just saying, it's the best. <laughs> it's 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 okay. This one could be the best. I'm well, sorry. It's the best so far. Yeah, <laughs> just because you're in it. So yes, Joey sends his, uh, his regrets that he can't be here, so... Um, and um, yeah, let's just go right into our uh, quick hit section. Uh, it's us recommending something random, like could be hockey, like we're watching all right now. Yeah, we are. Did we score again? Yeah. 
Anaheim six, Nashville three. Yep. This is intense. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, Scott, I'd love to hear your uh, random quick hit for the episode. What would it be? Don't be afraid to talk in the microphone. Don't lie, Scott. I know what your quick hit really is. No. It's a movie called The White Diamond. Have okay. heard of that? No. What is it? It's a uh, Warner Herzog documentary about a aeronautical diamond. No. <laughs> Good call. It's about a aeronautical engineer from England who he's trying to build like basically blimps, small blimps that he can fly in the Amazon so they can film like wildlife without interrupting <clears throat> him. Okay. Oh wow! And this guy has like previ- his previous ship that he built crashed and killed his friend. Okay. So this whole documentary is about him. It starts in England where he's designing this new ship, and they go all the way to the, to the Amazon and try. Is it a is it a mockumentary or a documentary? It's almost a mockumentary, but it's real. Okay. <laughs> like, it what's could, wrong with like a helicopter? Well, the helicopter it would disturb the animals. I guess it's too loud, probably. Mm-hmm. But so, do you, are you guys familiar with Warner Herzog, the documentary yeah. guy? Yeah. Yes. So he's a weird German guy. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point in the movie, he you can just call him a German guy because all Germans are weird. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he he stumbles into a village in the middle of the morning. Everyone's asleep in their hammocks outside, and he just starts waking people up and telling them to look at this airship in the sky. So these people who you know never see white people have this guy and a camera crew <laughs> shooting pictures of them. They're freaking out. They don't know what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Definitely check it out. So, well, it sounds like The Gods Must Be Crazy. Do you remember that movie? Or, that. or Cannibal Holocaust. Right. Uh, Cannibal yeah, Holocaust. It sounds like Gods Must Be Crazy and Cannibal Holocaust. Dude, Cannibal Holocaust. Maybe it's a documentary on both of those movies. Maybe. That sounds interesting. Is it where you just rent it, download it? I download it. It's hard to find. Legally? Uh, yeah. Oh. Liar. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and turn you in immediately. What about turn your other quick hit? All right, okay. <laughs> There's another quick hit. There's another quick hit for you, Scott. Yeah, Lars is on you. Scott, say say what your other quick hit is, Scott. (laughs) Chris, you're pressuring him into something. I forget it. Okay. It's his his favorite blog. What, your own blog? You're going to self-promote? I know. (laughs) Anyways, Chris, tell me your quick hit for the episode. Um, Eerie, Indiana. Best show from early 90s. It's on Netflix. Got so excited. Sat there and watched it all. It's like supernatural kind of kind of X-Files ish at times. Set in the nineties. It's, it's more it's more campy though, right? It's kinda yeah, cheese it's, ball. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cheesy and but then it has like some more serious tones to it. Um there's only nineteen episodes, sadly. But uh So one season I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. There's only one season and then I guess they did like a newer version in the nineties, like the late nineties. I never saw it though. Uh-huh. But the show is awesome. It's on into Netflix. Watch instantly. It'll make you feel like a child again. Nice. What what uh what channel was it on? Was uh, it, it wasn't on Nickelodeon, was it? No, it was on like NBC or ABC, yeah, it was, and then it was a prime time. Yeah, it was on one of those, and then it was on Fox. It was like syndicated oh. in the later nineties. Erie, Indiana was awesome. Got it. Just a bunch of weird things happened in this town. Sasquatch eats all your trash can. Yeah, <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, so good. All right. Good. It's not, I, I honestly, it's, never, I'm familiar with it. It's but going to, it. it's going to make a comeback. It's going to be like a very cultish comeback. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My other quick hit. It's a website called MeInMyPlace.com. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but I will read the about. Real girls. <laughs> it sounds like we're we're about to recommend pornography. <laughs> borderline. No, no, borderline. <laughs> borderline. Real girls in their place, not too crazy, and just a pinch of naughty. 
a pinch of money. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds like pornography. Why, why is it your favorite? Did you just introduce so it to him today? Is it like a girl sitting around with her girlfriends and they're talking no, about it's, it? No, it's... Let me see this. It's like, you know... It's like know. they flash like... It's girls in their own place. They flash like a tit. Yeah. Like not just, both, but like a yeah. tit. Yeah. It's funny. Well, Scott, found, Scott showed us all at the office. But I found it in Esquire. Not at... Yeah, it's like listening to Esquire and okay. stuff. Yeah. Me and my place for Esquire magazine. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's, it sounds like it's kind of like soft porn, maybe like Skinamax in a way? Yeah. In a way. Okay. But the real people just having a good time. Right. Just get naked. Yeah. Po- 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 Skinamax. Hey, they're all real people. Yeah. Hey, remember Skinamax when you would just like watch a movie and you'd see like the, the beginning of it and it told you what was included in the movie and nudity was included? Oh, yeah. And like, Instant- yeah, I'm watching this. Yeah. And that nudity would be like five seconds of some, yeah. some poor, ugly girl's disco bush. Yes. Oh, dude. And then you're just like, that sucked. It was the worst. <laughs> I just remember the Red Shoe Diaries too. Oh yeah, dude, Red Shoe Diaries. Diaries. David Duchovny. Yeah. yeah. Very his first major role. Yeah, I always I always enjoyed trying to uh, figure out when exactly you could watch. Yeah. That obviously your parents wouldn't find out. Yeah. yeah that was always. I difficult. remember that show. Um, Brandon, would you be ready to uh, give your quick hit? Of something that. Uh, Something that I'm into these days? Yeah, something that you're into these days. <laughs> it can be serious. I, I would love yeah. to hear something about a weight. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm into these days, uh, um, for those that don't really know or don't really care to know, but you're going to know because you're listening to this. Possibly. Exactly. Uh, I kind of, uh, you know, moved into the role of full-time personal trainer and kind of part-time singer these days. So I have a company called Rise Above Fitness and, uh, we are, I am moving into my own first building in the next couple of months, but I'm not going to really talk about that too much yet, but we'll get to that later. My, my quick, my quick hit, uh, sort of on, uh, the internet that you could look, look at is, uh, there's a, there's a website called tnation.com That's actually really informative. So if anybody's out there, that's kind of like struggling through, uh, this is way too serious for this. Podcast. No, no way. No okay. way. I'm, it's just something I'm. I don't know. You're I'm into dorky it. and passionate about. So it's a really good website if you're looking for any sort of like programs or anything like that. If you want to educate yourself about fitness and you find yourself going to the gym and do the same thing over and over and over again, and you don't really have time to hire a personal trainer like me to kind of get you on the right right path, uh, tnation.com is. Uh, How do you spell that? T the letter T. Oh, okay. Nation.com. What is about T? Yeah, I thought I thought yeah, I thought you were recommending tea. I was like, that is yeah, very nation. zen of you, Brandon. Yes. We could totally talk about tea for a while. There is a, <laughs> uh, a lemon herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, I just wouldn't peg you as a tea drinker. Yeah. Okay. So other that, than other than that, uh, you know, I kind of this has nothing else to do with that. But another quick hit of mine is I'm also uh, about Netflix and uh, mainly the horrible. And I, I know they need to be horrible anyway, but all the all the documentaries about um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's some really good ones. If you really don't want to follow any sort of religion, please watch one of those. Pick you'll those understand. Up. You'll understand exactly what I mean. Did you ever see Jesus Camp? Oh yeah, it's, that was that was a very spectacular great. movie. It's great. I enjoyed that. Well, cool. Thank you, Brandon. Those okay. are spectacular. No, so one is like kind of cool. One is. What's what's cool. what's unique about this website? Uh, the, a lot of content with uh, that's out there in the personal training like world and the training world. I feel like the people that write on that on that website are really knowledgeable and like they're they're scientific 
reasoning for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, they also give there's really good video content on there as well, okay. which helps out if you're you know if you're not really up to snuff with the verbiage of sure. of a lot of like programs. We'll show you. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's really good. It's informative. That makes Free. sense. It's free. Yeah, can I get that back? No, no, no. And that's the thing. <laughs> I'm not getting shit. I'm not getting shit from it. It's just a good. It's a good website, and also you will now. There's yeah. a, there's another website called Elite yeah. FTS that's really good as well. Cool. Nice. My uh, quick hit. Yeah. Is a documentary as well. That's kind of funny. That I didn't think that all three of us would be recommending documentaries, but hey, man, that's like the. It's the life. Movies suck these days, so you gotta watch documentaries. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a documentary that I actually only found online, and it was recommended to me from a, a good friend of mine up in Seattle. Uh, Chris Williams used to play in that band, Champion. Yeah. He. Uh, it's called Sonic's Gate, and basically, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. I. I just. Uh, it is NBA playoff season right now, and uh, normally I don't really care that much about the NBA playoffs but this year i decided to really give it a go and just be like all right let's really get into it and i've loved it so far yeah and uh, he mentioned that on twitter and i was like oh i'll google it and check it out um it's like a two-hour documentary basically doc or obviously documenting (laughs) the uh how the sonics moved from seattle to oklahoma city and all of the political backstabbing and just all the drama that involved with it because i knew there was some drama but to the extent of what actually happened was, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it is. It's unbelievable. So if you just Google Sonic's Gate, um, you'll be able to find it. And they have the entire movie that you can just watch on your computer. And it's uh, really compelling because they have, you know, old Seattle Supersonics players like Gary Payton and stuff actually participating in the documentary. So it's not just like... A bitter guy talking right. about my fucking basketball team left. Ex- precisely. I'm pissed, so... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely heavy-handed in the sense that you don't, you know that this guy's coming from the standpoint of yeah. like, yo, fuck the owners. Yeah. But it's done in a way that, you know, you can you can obviously make up your own mind, but facts are presented, you know, which obviously is what a documentary should be in the first place. So. He was actually just the guy who did that that documentary was just on ESPN because yeah, you know, they're right. talking about like uh, how Anaheim's going to get a basketball team because Sacramento is leaving. Right. There's a huge uproar and all this kind of stuff. But I think the, I think the Seattle thing was a little bit... Uh, a little bit worse. Oh yeah, yeah. Crazy. Once you watch it, cause I'm not. I'm not a fan of basketball at all. Yeah. And I'm. I'm. I'm a complete. I'm what you call a jock. Right. And I, <laughs> and I don't enjoy basketball. <laughs> You're a jock with other sports. Yeah, and pretty much everything else. Right. That's the only one that you didn't yeah, get into. I'm really into it. I'm five foot eight, and I'm. I'm. Yeah, it's just not my sport. Yeah. No, it's true. You know. Yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. Um, so yeah, that'll uh, conclude our quick hit section. Woo! I know, exciting. Good stuff. Now we'll move on to our uh, music review section, and we'll uh, tackle this in a alphabetical order. Starting off with the uh, Deaf Heaven record called Roads to Judah. It's uh, their first full length on Death Wish, and uh, let's listen to a little bit of it. Yeah, it's this band's, uh, like I said, first full length. Um, they're from the San Francisco area. Um, they released a demo 
late last year and it kind of started to get people to pay attention to what they're doing. Um, their genre, if you will, is along the lines of sort of atmospheric black metal, which is definitely uh, becoming very in vogue now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of bands are, are, are trying to uh, kind of do that. I don't know the history of these guys as far as like if they're, you know, old hardcore kids that just wanted to play. Do you have any idea, Chris, at all? Um, all I know is they basically were a complete mystery to a lot of people. Like I remember Jeremy Touche Moore was saying that they had like a random like demo thrown their merch box from some band. Yeah. They didn't know who put it in there and then ended up being that band. Or just random kids, I think, that just started a band. And- One thing I can say about the San Francisco area is uh, just because like, you know, Bleeding Through had a lot of roots up there because uh, our guitar player Brian's from Santa Cruz lived in San Francisco for a while. So we know a lot of people from San Francisco. Black metal's huge up there. Yeah. Like, it's huge. Like, every hardcore kid I ever met up there was in the black metal. Right. And like, we would go up there and we'd go shopping at Rasputin's or Amoeba up there and it was like the best black metal section ever. So sure. we would just go mental. So, and black metal bands sometimes have the best shows there versus anywhere else. So, sure, sure. Um, yeah. I. They're probably, you know, so they're legit. I'm sure they know yeah. their history of the whole, like, scene and stuff like that. Yeah. I do know that, you know, black metal's very, very trendy right now. <laughs> Um, it's probably going on the downhill slope, but I remember a year or so ago, it was just, that's all you had. Yeah. It's just, everybody's like, yeah, man, black metal. And I'm like, fuck. Right. Where were you fucking a long time ago? (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, especially with all, obviously all the mainstream or the quote unquote mainstream exposure it's received from, you know, all the movies and books that's been published. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, those documentaries and, you know, the books. Yeah. It is a fucking cool scene if you really think about it. I mean, I don't, I don't really know if these dudes were straight up get down with like corpse paint and shit. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I don't they, know. They both hardcore bands, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, the thing. There is that, that, that crossover with those bands and stuff like that, which, which is cool. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't really understand the folklore and why the weird spikes and pain. Yeah, it's just just being it's extreme. Just battle. It's just their battle it's attire, weird. man. It's yeah. fucking badass. Yeah, you just watch that. Uh, that black metal documentary um, until the light takes yeah. us. Yeah, that's what you need to watch, Scott. Yeah, it's really you need good. to go watch until the light takes us. It's on its Netflix. So yeah, their site this... is blackmetalmovie.com Even, dude. Yeah. Oh, there you so. go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where Death Heaven comes from. Um, and yeah, the Death Wish <clears throat> picked up on them after their demo started to get really uh, paid attention to. Cool. So um, let's throw it to you, Chris. Would you Would you think of the record? I think the record's really good. Definitely never heard of him before. Like, mm. no one else really. Either. Would you Would you put this out on No Sleep? I would. Okay. I put out everything. Well, I... Anything, anything that bands, like, that's, throw together. Dude, and that's, that's what I need, though. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Money's money. A big, a, big, <laughs> a big thing is right now, I think, and, you know, Bleeding Through has always been kind of guilty of this, is one of the main influences we've always used is black metal because we've all like, listened to it. But now it's like... You know, with bands like mm. like this and Nocmistium, it's the whole like it's like hippie black metal almost. Yeah, like they have like total jam out parts and shit. Sure, sure. And it was a lot, like, of, a lot of Pink Floyd influence. And the thing is, like, the, too, there's in Europe, it's pretty big right now too. I don't know if you guys have heard of that band uh, from Norway, and I, I don't want to fuck their name up, but they're called Krill Attack. Oh, oh, Kvelter Attack. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Krill yep. Attack. Yeah, yeah. What, however, however you say that, but. They kind of mix straight up Immortal with Turbo Negro. Exactly. And it's fucking badass. Love that record. Yeah. It's so good. That band in Europe is, I know we're 
kind of offshoot this, but that band in Europe is fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. the next thing. Man. And they're touring right now with Comeback Kid. Yeah. Which is it's really strange. Really? Yeah, yeah. Comeback Kid and the Ghost Inside. Exactly. Yeah. Uh over in Europe it's this label called Indie, but then over yeah. here it's this label called The End Records. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, right. It's funny because it's called Indie Records, right. but they're like huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But uh, not, yeah, they, not they, so indie. Not records. so indie. <laughs> but yeah, this. I mean, Def Heaven could totally tour with those guys. Yeah. But interesting. I mean, the record's awesome. Um, it's only four songs. It's like I think forty yeah. minutes, fifty minutes long still. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And yes, I would put it out. I need a band like that. Yeah, cool. it's the only thing I'm missing. Yeah, it is. That is that is one thing that no well, sleep is not. I'll hit. get into my studio and I'll write a record like that. There we tomorrow. go. <laughs> I need it so <laughs> done perfect we just we just secured a signing yeah. right here for you Chris perfect that's what I need would you what do you think mind. of the record Scott not really my thing yeah sorry <laughs> um, I think honestly like what if you if you personally like knowing you yeah if you start to peel away some layers and start to like get into the story behind everything You'll yeah. you'll like this a lot yeah. more. I mean, not only this band, but just like the scene in general. Just if you, because it's if so you unique. dive into black metal, you're going to keep on digging. And yeah. Be, there's two things. You're either going to be really stoked or really bummed out, and <laughs> it's going to happen on like a daily basis if you start researching. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like one day they be like, "This is the fucking dumbest shit ever," and the next day be like, "Yeah, this is." That, that's the stage I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's hard to wrap your head around it. <laughs> Dude, when I was early high school, I thought. Metal and black metal was stupid. Yeah. I just stuck to my punk and my hardcore. Sure. And my indie, I thought metal was the stupidest thing ever. Right. All my friends were metalheads. They would keep showing to me. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> now yeah. I love it. But the funny so thing is, like, like, underground black metal is, like, way more punk rock than punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. Punk, you know? Yeah, but like, when you, like, actually get into it more, it's so many elements to it. And, yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely a rich, no, I love a rich scene. But, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> that's that's Wednesday. Brandon's dog that's making a guest appearance. Um, Ray, what do you think? I I enjoyed the record. Um, there are, in my opinion, a lot of other bands that do this, you know, better. Um, but it's gonna get the bat. None, <laughs> nonetheless, like Don't there's a bat the dog. Uh, what? <laughs> there's a. Uh, Just kidding. There's two bands in particular. Um, this one band from Spain called Lan- it's Lantlos. It's random. I just Lantlos. Something like that. I just randomly stumbled across them like on a music blog, and um, they do this really, really interesting combination of like you know bands like Envy and the sort of atmospheric stuff that Death Heaven is doing, mm-hmm. combined with like super melodic guitars, but really extremely harsh vocals, similar to what a lot of black metal bands do. Um, and then this other band called Alciest from uh, France, and they do like sort of a shoegaze black metal. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's really, I mean, I just really, I appreciate Def Heaven for what they're doing because they're obviously trying to introduce kids that probably never would listen. Like, you know, if you're into Death Wish, you probably aren't immediately going to be into, you know, black metal. No, there's going to be that backlash where people, kids that are diehard Death Wish are just like, Dude, why'd you sign this fucking band? Right. And then it, this, I just think it's a good, this is a perfect gateway band where it's yeah. like, they'll be able to listen to them and be like, oh, okay. Like, I see where they're coming from. And then maybe watch them live, yeah. read an interview or two, and then obviously start to peel away a few layers mm-hmm. behind the old black metal scene, as it were. So I like the record. I wasn't over the moon about it, but it was, it was definitely solid enough. So good. I will comment on it is what it is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, Brandon briefly was able to check it out. Uh, I think uh, I think when you kind of listen to black metal in general, you just got to kind of like, just, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It's not, it's nothing, it, the only black metal band that you're going to listen to that just will like completely blow your mind is probably Demon Lord Gear because they put so much crap behind it. <laughs> right. And it's, but other than that, it's just, it's solid. It's straightforward I, and solid. Yeah. It's almost like theater. It is yeah. theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, de- definitely if, not like the, if, this if type look, of band. If you look at, yeah, not this type. This type of band is but, like, sure they take it very serious. You know what I mean? Right. But not like, but they're not like corpse painting and stuff like that. You know? Exactly. But you look, you look at a band like Immortal, who is like the poster child for black metal. Still, mm-hmm. um, it's like it's a kind of like it is theater. It's, yeah. They're not serious about it. They don't. I don't know. Yeah, sir, sir, I mean, it definitely make, is. make, like, joke videos and shit. It's, right. You know what I mean? Like, them, like, prancing around the forest. Yeah, that's why, honestly, like, reading Decibel and, like, reading interviews with, obviously, a lot of the bands of that genre and getting to know them as people, like, just through the interviews is always really interesting yeah. because you get to see, like, you're mentioning Brandon where it's, like, you get to see the other side where they're, they're just obviously normal people. Yeah. So. Like, when we toured with Cradle of Filth and Danny Filth was wearing skate shoes. <laughs> That's you're like, what are you doing, dude? I was like, what? Shouldn't you be wearing boots? <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. you be wearing a fucking cloak right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We've we've gotten to see a lot of those black men. We've toured tours with like Stericon and Demu and right. Filth and all this stuff. It's so like the, the interesting. The, the curtain is pulled away. Oh, yeah, and you know it's they're just dorks like the rest of us. Right. <laughs> they just happen to not get into like hardcore and punk and get yeah. get into something a little yeah, different. Totally. Um. And we do a star rating system as well. So, Chris, what would you, uh, out of five stars, what would you say? Three and a half. Okay. Scott? Two and a half. Two and a half. I'd, gi- I'd give it a three right down the middle. It's, it's, it's solid enough, like, you know, Brandon was saying. It, it is what it is. Yeah, I'll go with Ray. <coughs> yes. Did Joey email you? Um, yeah, actually, Joey did email me, and he had, uh, he's, he's, he's here in spirit. Uh, you can never call me an organized, Scott. Oh, yeah, sorry. I missed Joey's quick hit as well. He's going to recommend a, a movie called Super. And here is word for word what Joey says. Crazy movie with Rain Wilson, Ellen Page, and Kevin Bacon. Funny, violent, and depressing. Only in a handful of theaters. Track it down. So sorry, I missed the, the quick hit on that one. And then reviews. Death Heaven. This record is really solid. Songs are long, but that really doesn't matter. Incredible live. 3.5 out of 5 stars. So thank you, Joey. We appreciate you sending that in. Next, we will tackle the new Thursday record called No Devolution, or some. there's some tilde or umlaut or something yeah. over it. Do you know how to say it, Chris? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I think it's roughly close. It's something like that. I think it probably doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I, I, I read the meaning of it, but I can't recall it right now. But yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it right now. This is their uh, second full length on Epitaph, and this is their sixth full length. That's and you bleeding through a six full length, right? We do have six full lengths. It's kind of weird because, yeah, it's weird. I don't think of them as being around as long as us. Yeah. 
You guys, you guys are just slow. We are. You know, we were. We were pretty fast for a while there. You were. We just had a couple of releases where we just sat on it for about three years, <laughs> trying to milk it for all it was worth. <laughs> Cashing all those royalty checks. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> I can go buy a fucking slurp PS. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so yeah, the, obviously, I mean, if you haven't heard of Thursday by this point, you probably aren't paying attention yeah. to independent music. Um, did you try to put? Did you, you try to ever sign Thursday, Chris? Seems like a band you try to. No, but I was talking to Jeff about doing the vinyl one time. Oh yeah, yeah. didn't happen. Nah. Screw Epitaph, right? Just screw kidding. all of them. Epitaph, <laughs> Epitaph is actually sponsoring this episode, so you can't even can't I'm, say screw them. Really? I'm, I'm going to talk right. tons of crap just because of that. Okay, nice. I'm just kidding. I love that. Uh, so since Epitaph's sponsoring, do I have to say something nice about this, this record? These no. that I've heard. No, 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 no. You don't have to at all. Um, <laughs> High degree of journalistic integrity here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we just were reviewing the record. This yeah. was even before we got sponsored by Epitaph, so. Great. Um, sure it was. Scott, did you ever like Thursday? Nope. Never liked him? Nope. Too too old for that? Too old. I'm with How you on that, man. Yeah, it was never my thing. How old are you? 25. How are you too old? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. Yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 26. Thursday was, like, big in high school. Yeah. It was big when I was around. Well, then, but then you're not too old, is what I'm saying. It's <laughs> whiny. You know, you know one, no, thing I'm about, saying. one thing about Thursday I thought was cool, and I'll respect this band for that. It's like, you know, they're on Victory, and when MTV started playing music, like, videos, they were, like, one of the first videos of, like, an hardcore-ish type of band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, like, stoked on that. I'm like, cool. They're like, you know, that band is kind of, like, opening the doorway for bands, like, bleeding through, even though we don't sound anything like like them. But it did. It kind of... It was a gateway. It was a gateway, which I backed that band because of that. And, you know, I've briefly met... You know what? I've never met those dudes, actually. Oh, really? No, right. I briefly met... I briefly met the singer once. Yeah. And he just didn't say much to me. Sure. I think that's when they were really big and I wasn't... So... <laughs> <laughs> to be to be to be frank, I mean, right, right. I mean, I understand like the the, the burnout that goes along with being a band in demand. I understand that, but right, I never really, you know, yeah, yeah. We've never like sat. No, I've never like sat down and talked with anybody in that band. Sure, sure. So yeah, they're they're all. I mean, taken randomly played with them a few times, and I developed a real personal relationship yeah. with those dudes. And they're, I mean, they're all like old hardcore kids, and I'm, yeah. especially you know the singer. I think if I would have gotten to know them on a personal level I might have given their band you might have dug into them a little more yeah I you know what I did listen to like their first three records like a lot yeah and I kind of wanted to like yeah you know Thursday's cool and I just yeah never flipped your switch never really got got me into it so do you I presume Scott you did not like this record at all no and I think it's the music was a lot I've heard the other records yeah the music was a lot different it is you want, my, you want my opinion on it? The songs I listen to, it's a little bit more too clever for me these days. Too oh, clever? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I felt it was just like, I don't know. Trying too hard to be different, Trying maybe? Too hard. <clears throat> okay. It's like, shit, our formula's not working. We should probably try something and, like, you know, put a spin on it to try. It's like, I don't know. What, how would you describe it? What's different this time, musically? I was going to say it sounds like more kind of expansive and it's definitely more atmospheric. Yeah. You know what? I'll put it I'll I'll relate it to this. Like the way that the way it's not to the extreme, but the way that thrice kind of became like a different type of band. Sure. Like that, but not as good. Not as organic. Yeah. Right. Not as good and not yeah. as organic. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah, you see you, like with thrice, you uh, you personally, Saw saw the progression, yeah. but maybe with Thursday you didn't see it as much. But okay, 
Chris, what was your uh, what was your thoughts on the record? You you liked Thursday? Yeah, I've, I've, I've liked Thursday for a long time. Yeah. Um, other times where I wasn't really following them. I mean, yeah. Jeff's awesome guy. Andrew's recording one of my bands and all that stuff. So sure. I have that relationship, but I still thought the record was pretty good. It was different than their other stuff. Yeah. And so it took me a little while to get into it because of that. Sure. Um, it was definitely a lot like slower pace, slower more atmosphere. That's what I'm saying. Just, yeah. It sounds like a, like, it sounds like what Thrice is, is Yeah, it was definitely like, it was definitely a change from the older stuff. I mean, they've been gradually changing, sure. obviously as well, but. This was the biggest step, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely still thought it was a good record. And I think they were trying something. They didn't maybe fully get it, but. Yeah. I, I still thought it was a good record and I, I bought it even actually too. Yeah, yeah. Bought it. There you go. Good, good man. Supporting the dying the record vinyl. industry, right? Wow. Oh, there you go. Although it was a glossy jacket and it bummed me out. Oh, the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Jacket was glossy. I don't know what's going on with that? I'm sorry, I didn't know you had such a. You like the matte finish? Yeah, matte uncoated. Matte uncoated. It's the good. best way to go. Nice. Okay. The I actually used to like go. when it was so ghetto that it was like actually like folded pieces of paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I'm 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 landing in your same camp, Chris. Like I like I <clears throat> this record wasn't great, but there were there was a song towards the end of the record like called Turnpike Gates. And I think that was the song they first like started playing out live yeah. and it was like their single in some way. That to me that is probably the best song they've written in the past. Like, What's funny is like I when when the video of that like went up, I sure. thought the song was pretty bad. Yeah. But now I actually really like that song. That's my favorite song on the yeah. record. And I think it's because it hits it shows the progression, but it hits a lot of the notes that made me like Thursday in the first place. You know, yeah. Jeff's voice has gotten better over the years. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I can I could say. Yeah, I mean, he's like Jeff's voice is definitely he's found it. Yeah, more so. You know, he's it's still super home. unique. But yeah, it's not like it's not as because a lot of people listen to you know Full Collapse and they're just like you sound like a whiny teenager. You know, and it's because he played some shows of Ink and Dagger. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. <he> just... <laughs> But it, yeah, so they've they've definitely progressed, and um, yeah, I'm I'm. It's similar to the Deaf Heaven record. I'm not over the moon about it, but you know, I appreciated the fact that you know they really did try to move in a different direction. And I mean, by a band six full length, it's um, you got to progress, right? Yeah, it just I don't know. It doesn't. It didn't seem like it was a natural progression. A natural progression, sure. Which that's totally fair because sometimes <clears throat> bands they do feel that sort of deer in the headlights where it's like. We got to do something. Yeah. Like whether it's like they need to do something professionally, like to further their career, or they need to do something artistically, yeah. like immediately right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Chris, Star Wise, what would you say? I'll actually give it a three point seven five. Oh, okay. I like that. Scott, any any numbers on that one? Two. <laughs> <laughs> this gonna be a all night too. Yeah. No. Not of all these? No. No? no. Next one now? I'd, I'd give it a, a solid three and a half. I'll give it I'll give it a three. Yeah. I'll give it I'll give it a three on, on the basis that at least they like tried to do something different. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta it just didn't flip I, your switch. No, man. Yeah. Totally understandable. I mean then again it's like it's me listening to sporadic songs on the internet, so it's like Right. That's you didn't get the, the full feel that's still, that's I didn't sit it. in my car. Yeah, and fucking for two song, hours, right? Song one to thirteen, and just fucking like vibe it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I wish I had that time. Yes, exactly. Um, cool. Now we're moving on to the last record, which is um, it's kind of timely because actually today 
uh, was discovered that uh, the bassist of this band actually passed away at age 36 from lung cancer. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of sad. He must have toured Europe in the 90s. Right. <laughs> it could very well be. I mean, it was... Well, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> No, it's 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 fair. You, well, he, an hour. All, all Brandon is commenting on is the fact that there is very smoky venues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this band's called uh, TV on the Radio, and their uh, their new record is called Nine Types of Light. And uh, let's listen to a little bit of it. Fourth record, and uh, they're many EPs. Yes, a lot of EPs. Um, they're on Interscope. Uh, they've been on Interscope for the past three records, I think. They're, they're two. Okay. Their first one was on Touch and Go, so they're definitely like, by any stretch of the imagination, oh. indie hipster band. Like, oh. I, I honestly have never ever listened to them. I've just been familiar with them just because of you know. Hey, I didn't till today either. Okay. Or yesterday. I'll be honest. I've never even heard this fucking band. Yeah. yeah. You've heard their name though. I've heard, I've definitely heard their name. You may have played a European <clears throat> festival with them. Yeah. It, they probably, and I bet you the lineup was something like this. Slayer, them, and then probably Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Europe you yeah. can do that. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this, this band definitely, when you imagine the word uh, hipster and, you know, Williamsburg in New York City, this is definitely the band that everybody in that a lot area of, a lot likes. Of corduroy and brown. Oh, yeah. Scarves. Going. Everything that you could possibly imagine. Afros. Afros, exactly. Afros are in right now, man. Very much so. Uh, but this, it, to give all credit to the band, is they were definitely purveyors of it when, you know, hipster was in its infancy. Yeah. Yeah. Would They're you not agree? a new band. They're not a new band. I mean, yeah. being around since, what, 2000, 2001, I want to say? Yeah. So, um, Scott, because you chose this record. I, I always go first. Okay, then don't go first. Chris, you've never listened to this band. Um, that was were, pretty good. You were aware of them? Yeah, I've, I've been aware of them, obviously. Like, you tried to sign them at one point? No, I didn't. <laughs> Whatever, dude. That's my recurring theme. Although, there's a band that, back together. That sounds that like I'm that. signing. Doesn't sound like them, but I'm excited about. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> nice, uh, nice, nice promotion there, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good though. There's one song that sounded modest mousy. Oh yeah, that I liked. It sounded very modest mousy. I get it. I liked it. That's about all I have to say on it though. Okay. Would you? Are you ever going to listen to the record again? I might. If this wasn't your homework assignment, you probably wouldn't. Um. It actually, put me in a good mood when yeah. I was listening to it. So maybe. Okay. Maybe I need to listen to this band then. It, uh-huh. it kind of put me in a good mood when I was listening to it. Are you, are, Brandon, are you a fan of indie rockish type stuff? Uh, this is like art rock with, this is like, a, I can honestly say a type of music where when I was uh, about 18 years old, that's when Modest Mouse was like 
first kind of on, on the scene. Sure. And I remember all my friends got into indie rock and it bummed me out because <laughs> they got out of hardcore. Oh yeah. That, because that's indie, the, because it was like, that's a progression. I was listening to fucking, you know, whatever I was listening to, but like my friends all of a sudden started listening to modest mouse. Right. <laughs> so I was very like, man, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like my thing. It's, and I remember, like, there's one song on, like, one of, one of the Modest Mouse records that I like that's called Trailer Trash. Mm. And that's probably the only type of indie music I've ever, like... Dove into. Dove into, was that one Modest Mouse record. <laughs> because I got so sick of, like, <clears throat> seeing fucking complete shithead hardcore kids <laughs> talk about fucking indie rock like right. it was like the rap there was thing. like a, so a the, surgeons yeah, of people totally. loving Modest oh, Mouse I agree. Yeah. it was like in, oh then there's then there's the resurgence where they got huge all of a yeah. sudden yeah and it was the sort of thing where like I'm you know 13 years later I I, I, I hear the term indie rock and I think about when I was 17 you have like a old. gut reaction I'm like fuck that yeah. shit <laughs> that's no. the thing it's super weird man and I remember when Modest Mouse was on the radio and people were like yeah man Modest Mouse is so rad and I'm just like Fuck that. Fuck them, dude. Yeah. They fucking ruined my friends' lives. <laughs> no, it's true. Honestly, I, I can totally see exactly where you're coming you know, from. It, I, I was fucking 17, 18 years old, and I was just like, man, I want my friends to be like me. I, and like, Go to hardcore shows. Yeah. Instead, they fucking... Yeah, they just... Yeah. I just... No. Yeah. Well, that it's usually the idea of when people do get into indie rock is the fact that they've, quote-unquote, like, grown up, and they're listening to adult music. That's the thing. Like, I don't... I. I thought it was fucking childish right. when I listened to it. It sounded like little babies whining and playing really bad guitars. <laughs> right, right, right. Like. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, that was a beautiful tangent, putting it all, all in the context. Scott, what did you think of the record? Really like the record. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. No, no. Yeah. Hey. You haven't heard I, my review. I, I said I liked it. it. You haven't even heard my review. And I said I Chris liked said he it. liked it. Good. Gosh. <laughs> I didn't listen to the last two, um, Dear Science and Return to Cookie Mountain. Those were actually the first two major. Wait, they was they was they were wait what? They have two records. One what? What's one of them? Return to Cookie Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's just way. That just doesn't. That is. Doesn't gel, Brandon. Fair enough. Um, So this is me coming back to them from the Touch and Go records. Oh, you see, you didn't listen to that. Not really. Okay. And it interesting, kind of like a natural progression. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Yeah, that's all. Okay, didn't uh, blow me out of the water. I like like Chris. I had never listened to this band before. I was aware of their presence. Sold their records when I was working at the record store to people like Brandon was talking about. Where it's like, oh, clearly you've grown out of whatever yeah. music you're well, into. I listen to indie now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, hardcore. Never listened to that, dude. No, never. never. What's that? Yeah, exactly. So coming at it from that context, that's been, see. I'm, I hate to cut you off, but that's just Please. been my life the whole... That's been my life the last <laughs> fucking 12 years of my life is people trying to deny that they were listening <clears throat> to Bleeding Through. Right. <laughs> so I just can't accept grown-up music. That is that is absolutely incredible. 12 years of people denying... denying that they listen to my band. <laughs> that they oh, no, t- no, no. It's not me. No, no dude, dude. Portrait of a <laughs> no, Goddess? No. I've never even heard of that what? record. Terrible record. Yeah. That, okay. 12 years of denial that's the thing I think the next Bleeding Through record is going to be called whatever year we're at of denial <laughs> <laughs> that's that is actually a perfect name of a record that's a good idea I, I think you need to pen that down immediately shit I'm going <laughs> to steal it you better register the domain tomorrow yeah. 
I'm going to buy the domain right now for my phone. <laughs> you can buy it for me for 10 grand. Wins a plague. Too bad they had a record that just came out because their next record would be called something, something. <laughs> so, yeah, with this record, I was like, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's so over the board. I heard songs that sounded like Prince, songs that yeah. sounded like the White Stripes. It was like, and I think that's probably what you're talking about, Chris, as far as it making you feel happy. Yeah. Where it was like, <laughs> which, if you didn't, which isn't something I really know about. In right. Life, so, <laughs> which if you listen, if you don't like one song, go to the next one. You'll hear something completely different. I mean, this band's so insanely talented that it's like. You know, they they know what they're doing with their songs. One of the guys is going to join Jane's Addiction. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? See, there you go. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? Who's leaving Jane's Addiction? I don't know. And then the singer. You know what, though? Did you ever see Rachel getting married? Yes. Yes. You know the black guy? Okay, yeah. That's the singer of the band. Yeah, he's doing, like, acting career as well. Yeah. Okay, I have a quick question. Is Is Block Party considered an indie band? It's like a pop yeah. band. But no, this indie because I, I really like Block Party. Good yeah. band. Yeah. I would say they're an indie band. Yeah. Okay. They're like a poppy side of indie. But Dim Mac put out their first stuff, so there you go. They, yeah. got, they have some but I mean I now they Wait, could probably they could Steve probably Steve Aoki's Dim Mac Records. Exactly. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. Blast from the past, right? Yeah, Steve man. is gonna be a future guest on this show, I promise. Wow. I know. We'll bring you back. Yeah. Let me sit on that, because that would be <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Um, and let's not forget Joey. Uh, his review for the Thursday record, which I know we skipped. Oh, yeah. Way to go, <laughs> uh, Joey's Joey's review. I love this record. Best since War All the Time. I love that they went away from what people expected from them. Four or five stars. Wow. Best review wow. out of all of us. And then Joey's review for TV on the radio. Um, he he was not very into this record. Um, <clears throat> Basically, he was like, I'm always told that every new TV on the radio record is amazing. I don't understand that. And I include this one. So he's, he gave it a two out of five stars. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a, I haven't listened to it, but I'm going to give it a, um, a European <laughs> review. Uh, well, the music was played, but it's not very good. <laughs> I feel there was music, but it wasn't very good. That's, it. That's, That's good. That is a, that is a German review. That is a very good review. That's a very good review. Um, Chris Starwise, what'd you give it? I'll give it a three. Remember how happy made you? That's why I'm giving it a three. Yeah. All right. Scott, what would you give three it? Three and a half. Okay. Is this going to potentially make some of your year end lists? No. No? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I give it. Uh, I give it a solid three as well. It's like I don't know. I would never have listened to this record if we didn't pick it to review. Um, yeah, I definitely. And I don't know if I'm going to in the future, but if it comes up on a, a random, I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." Robert's residence. Welcome home, Sydney. You're a survivor, aren't you, Sydney? What good's it to be a survivor if everyone close to you is dead? You can't save them. All you can do is watch. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about Scream 4, which is uh, obviously the fourth in the entire series of the Scream movies, and uh, Wes Craven directed uh, the original writer, Kevin Williamson, uh, he came back for this one, he didn't write the last Scream one, because, or he didn't write the last Scream uh, because of, I think it was something to do with Dawson's Creek, because he was writing oh, for Dawson's such a Creek good show. at the time. Perfect show. Yes, very such good show. Such a good show. Um, I wrote a... One time when we were overseas, we were flying back from the UK, and James Vanderpool, 
it was really weird, our weird flight. Like, anybody who watched baseball in late 90s, early 2000s knows who Brady Anderson is. Mm-hmm. He played for the Royals. He was kind of the poster boy for, like, uh, working out kind of scene and whatever. Physically fit. Physically fit. Yeah. Like, he was on, like, the cover of, like, Men's Health, like, his fucking shirt off. And, right. Like, just ripped, right? He was so fucking roided out. Like, one year he hit, like, 51 home runs and kind of got questions about roids and then he never like hit over 10 every game but anyway that's me being a jock okay that's perfect but anyway basically Brady Anderson was on our flight Macy Gray and James Vanderbeek <laughs> so and, and bleeding through and and I'll tell you what James Vanderbeek's fucking forehead is phenomenal like it's, it's is it as big as it all you do is look at that dude's fucking forehead <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Like, the guy looks like Eddie Munster. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Munster another good show. I think yeah. my favorite role of his was definitely, um, was, was it Rules of Attraction? Yeah. That Where he's just a total asshole. Oh, yeah. 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 God, that was, it was awesome. Best suicide scene as well. That's a very good the bathroom. scene. The bathroom. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's why Ken Williamson didn't write we're able to tie it back in no big Perfect. deal All right, cool. um, so yes Scott and I were the only ones that saw it but uh, Chris and Brandon are obviously I'm, I'm gonna go see it yeah, like, yeah, I, will, I will go see it Yeah. whether I'm gonna download it off the internet or go right. watch it in the movie theater <laughs> I will you, watch it you will figure out a way to watch it you just gotta you gotta realize that my days are like 12 hour days and when I yeah. yeah yeah you don't you don't have time to go to a movie I understand yeah um so Scott, actually, we saw it together, and we yeah. didn't talk about it no. afterwards. So I'd love to hear much you to talk about. Whew, what, okay, whoa, whoa. Well, we know where this one's going. So yeah. where, yeah, where, where are you going with this, Scott? Um, well, I have, I have a story to tell. Please. <laughs> the first time I saw Scream was at the. You know where the ice rink was in Costa Mesa? Yes. On Harbor. Yes. Ice, the ice chalet. Yeah, yes. There was a theater there. Yep. And I had bought a ticket <clears> for another movie. See Scream. Okay. I was like, wow, at that theater? Yeah. Holy crap. That was, was like, that long ago. I was like 10. Jesus. It came out, Scream came out in 1996. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, wow. How'd you get a ticket? I bought it. You bought a ticket for something else in a movie house. Oh, oh, got it. Sorry. You said that. Man, that theater was so desperate. They probably just. Yeah, they wouldn't care. I was terrified. Like, you were telling me it was campy, but at the time, well, I thought no. it was the scariest thing of all time. Well, watching the original one, it's scariest hell but I mean it yeah. still had the element of you know fun a, a B movie right. type horror movie right but dude I mean granted obviously I mean, I'm 30 you're 25 there's a 5 year difference yeah. I was watching it when I was 16 so I like I was out, I was shaking out of the theater I slept in on my mom's floor in her room for like a week <laughs> a week uh, wow. I, I was yeah like uh, so okay. I was really moved scariest was like, there something you told me you had to do with the theater well, this brings us to scream 2 Oh, Scream 2, oh, sorry. Geez. So we're going the rundown of all three. <laughs> Only the two. Okay. I tempted fate and went to Scream 2 with my new friend. It was like freshman year. Yeah. Uh-huh. The opening scene of this movie is a guy getting killed at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yes. First, thing, he gets killed in the bathroom and then he gets killed in front of everyone. Right after that, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I... I held it out as long as I could. I thought I could make it through the movie, but eventually I had to really go to the bathroom. Right. So I tapped this kid on the shoulder, who I didn't know very well. He's like my new friend at high school. 
And I made him walk with me to the bathroom and go up the stairs. <laughs> That's incredible. Was he was he calling you a pussy the whole time? No, like he, he he wanted to be nice to me, but you could tell like afterward he was like. Did you ever hang out again? Wow. No, it was pretty much done after that. Wow. He broke up with you. Yeah, the relationship <laughs> ended after that. So what was Scream Four Classic. as terrifying as the? No, first not two? not at all. So Scream Four was like totally candy. Like, mm-hmm. okay. it, it was almost like a scary movie type thing. That's what that's what I keep hearing. Yeah, it, uh, a lot of the clients at my gym today, all the male clients were talking about how their girlfriend or a girl they went out with wanted to see Scream Four, and how they were all just really disappointed. Yeah, that's uh, that. Got it. You learned a little about me. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, I, I learned a, a fantastic story by the it way. It is. Yeah. It is amazing. Oh, Will so you please good. go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Especially like that. Obviously, yeah, took a lot. Not to mention, I'm six foot four as a freshman. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's great. I uh, I definitely didn't hate it like Scott did. Um, I, I thought it was... I enjoyed it. I really don't understand why people... Like, you know, I've read a few reviews from critics that are just totally panning it. Um, like, comparatively speaking, this one, in my opinion, is far superior to than Scream 3. Well, dude... Has, has anybody seen any other movies that are, like, good in the last, like, little while? It's, well, I mean, like last year there was, you know, like like Black Swan, well, that yeah, type of that stuff. Shit, I mean, the award type stuff, yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, like, yeah, dude, hor- like, horror movies are definitely very tough to do yeah. and be successful. It's hard to find a good horror movie. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, while I don't think Scream 4 is going to obviously like pack the seats because I know it didn't do well this weekend on the box office, but it was it was fun. Um, you know, there was, I mean, a lot of, a lot of blood and guts. Yeah. Um, I just do. I don't know what people are expecting going into it. Um, That's I, the thing. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, think they're gonna go scream for and see like some masterpiece of like a thriller. Yeah, I, I. It's like because I mean, obviously, like what was so great about Scream and Scream Two, um, and some argue Scream Three is the fact that it's obviously like self-referential. They always really, you know, they they try to guide you through how to survive a horror movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in there. It's very deliberate. Well, what were those movies? Paranormal, paranormal activity. Yeah. Yes. I was terrified. Yeah. Well, those, I mean, those are part of that whole found footage genre where it's like, you know, they they create a narrative out of this this footage that has been yeah. found. And people in the Midwest think they're real. Sure. Well, like, I mean, obviously Blair Witch was See the that first. movie? That shit was real. Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> Don't go to California. <laughs> <laughs> Your house will be gone. die. Time. But, uh, Your wife's going to possess you and kill you. Exactly. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, if you like Brandon and Chris, like you guys were saying, if you liked all of the screams, there's no reason. Yeah, I kind of liked all of them, so yeah, I, so I'm that. definitely going to go see it. Download yeah. it. I'm going to see it no matter what. Okay, I'll download it. Ten boxes. I'm going to go pay for it. We, played, we paid six. I have to be there ten more. I'm going to pay whatever I have to pay to see this. Yeah. Right, Scott? So, would you, out of five stars, Scott, what would you give it? One. That One. bad. Wow. Really? I don't, I, I don't agree with you. I would give it a three. It's, it's solid enough to... I don't know, like, I wouldn't run out to the theater, but I would definitely see it at some point. Um, Joey's comment, didn't see it, heard it sucked, bummer, should have been cool, Nev Campbell can't catch a break. (laughs) But Nev Campbell looked very good in this movie. Did she? She has held up. She looked good in Wild Things. Yeah, but that That was was forever. Yeah, that was right after Scream. Right, it was like 97. So, but Nev Campbell has... Spawn some hard times. Yes, she yeah. is. She is held up. It's just a shame that obviously she hasn't been able to break through and do really anything else. Yeah, I thought she just wasn't interested in being moved anymore. 
Oh, I think that's, you tried. That's what they say. Yeah. But. So anyways, yeah, Scream 4. See it if you're a fan of the previous ones, and if you're not, listen to Scott. I would see it. No one should ever <laughs> listen to Scott. <laughs> Now we are to the interview portion of our podcast, and yeah, um, talk about me exactly. <laughs> Just all that's that's pretty much the only reason that you're here. Um, we could go on that that point of me being straight up still. Yeah, we can. Well, I, let you know what, Brandon. Let me do the interview. All right, lay uh, off. I'm just kidding. Because right, <laughs> first of all, I want to start off with a story because Brandon and I have met. We've known each other. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. A long time, and I. Tell me if you remember this, Brandon, because I was working at a Blockbuster video. Yes, in Corona Mar. It Newport, ish, ish. yeah, exactly. So I, re- I distinctly remember because this is when I was about 16, 15 or sixteen, and I was playing Taken. It just kind of started to play, and this is Brandon. For those of you that don't know, has pretty much played in almost every Orange County hardcore <laughs> band. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Throwdown, Eighteen Visions. Did you ever play for Adamantium? No, I did not. Right. So Which, throw down 18 visions bleeding through and uh, the mistake. Yes. Oh, you, let's not forget the mistake. Yeah, let's not forget the mistake. <laughs> so uh, by this time, like I had seen you play and everything like yeah. that. I just remember when I walked in, you were working at Smoothie King. Yeah. With, I, with at the time the other guitar player of 18 visions. Right. Which I didn't know. Who used to paint his nails black <laughs> right. and the fucking owner of that place would be like, can you please not pay your nails black? <laughs> Smoothie King does not allow you're that. You're scary. I just remember walking in there and being like, oh my god, dude, that's that's Brandon from 18 Visions. I was yeah. so, I was intimidated because I didn't go to, I didn't go to like Newport Harbor. Yeah, you didn't, like yeah. I, I wasn't in the same area as a lot of, uh, obviously, all the dudes that you grew up with and played yeah. bands with. So it was like Taken was obviously always on the outside for that. Yeah. And obviously we didn't sound like the other yeah, bands. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I remember when you, like, whatever, after maybe a few weeks where you're like, hey, dude, you should come hang out. And me and Nick Beard, yep. we drove in your car. Yep. You blew my mind by playing At The Gates. Yeah. I'd never heard Slaughter of the Soul. Brandon was like, hey, here, here's this band you should probably check out. And I was like, holy. <laughs> They're one of the best bands of all time. I was like, why have I never heard of this? Because, this, you know, like you were saying, Chris, it was like metal. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, that shit sucks. Yeah, until you hear At The Gates and you're like, wow. I, and that, from that point on, it was like, Oh wow, I get it. Yeah. So you, Brandon, you were you were influential in awesome. my in my <clears throat> upbringing as Aww. it were. And then I know there was there was a period of years where the, it was awkward between you and I. It was you know what it was, man. It was all of our bands. It was awkward between everybody because it was all of our bands. It's true. Kind of popping at the same time. Yeah. And it was like this competition thing. Sure. And everybody took words and got bitter about shit. Right. And it was just just weirdness. It was. And cares about that shit now that's exactly what I say you know it's like I used to fucking hate betray you right like absolutely hate them right yeah, you. Uh, I remember you going could, out of your... I couldn't go anywhere without hearing that Atreyu talk <laughs> shit on my band. You know what I mean? I'd walk, right. into a ga- I'd walk into a fucking gas station in fucking Little Rock, Arkansas, and somebody would be like, oh man, I heard fucking so-and-so said something about you guys from, from that one band, uh, Atreyu. And I'm like, oh my, I'm going to fucking kill these guys. Right. Like, you know? But, you know, everything's cool. And everybody's cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as yeah. far as... We were immature. 
Of course, we're all kids. Going in at that time, that was like a big explosion of like hardcore and metal mm-hmm. and sort of. It was just about peaking into like kind of getting into like the mainstream like yep. veins of the world. You know what I mean? Right. So it was all these bands like kind of vying for like these precious few spots. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I always found. I, once, obviously, I know you and I got over that weirdness yeah, where it was like, I remember us having that discussion in Denver. Yeah. After, <laughs> and, after I almost got my eyeball punched out a few days prior. And I, could, and I couldn't believe it because I was just like, wow. Like, But I, I really respected the fact that you just like obviously decided to speak to me about yeah. whatever it was because obviously within hardcore, like you said, word spreads. Oh, dude. And then it's like, you know, stuff gets misconstrued. And it's totally. Like, and, it, and it was... Yeah, so I was just really stoked the fact that you were just like Ray, we need to talk, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's right. let's talk, and yeah, it was yeah. like it was just a very it was very mature, and I just wanted to share people I wanted to share that to people because that I am very mature. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, especially with how fractured the scene is now, and everybody talks shit on everybody. Yeah, it, some of it warranted, some of it not warranted. Yeah, um, but it's just the fact that it's like you know if you do have a problem with somebody in some way, shape, or form. They should at least be aware of it. And the thing, the is, the thing is, and one right. thing I could say, and one thing I could say, and it's not like I, I hate to come across as like bitter old hardcore guy, but like it's just going to. I can't. I can't yeah, say that's it. fine. Like beef with bands now is so fucking childish. <laughs> it's like it's so childish, man, and it's like, uh, it, and it's because of the internet. It's because everything goes viral. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like oh, totally. That's all it is. People feed, I mean, Scott, you love drama. Like, I mean, Scott, Scott grew, I mean, Scott grew up in the hardcore scene, yeah. but like he doesn't pay attention to it too much. But when he's able to, but when you, when Scott reads about drama stuff, like bands. I don't know who they are. I know. Scott doesn't even know who they Straight are. From comments. Right. And yeah. Scott looks at like, oh my gosh, what happened with this band? And it's just hilarious because, you know, Scott, yeah. like it just, it. It really it pulls us in because we're like, well, what's why, why do they hate each other or whatever yeah. the case may be? I have a question sure. about your. <clears throat> you mentioned before that there were all these bands kind of peaking at the same time. Yeah, and you all were kind of going toward these few spots in the mainstream, or not necessarily the mainstream, but it was like, you know, it oh. was a time when like you would open Revolver magazine when yeah. it first started, and you see like a, a fucking ad for a band, and you're like. Holy shit, like that's fucking crazy. I remember the first time I saw an 18 Visions ad in a magazine and I thought it was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You so know what I mean? So it was like once that kind of opened, it was like it was like all these bands were like, we need that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh dude, the flood the flood gets it, totally That's what it was. It was it was like so it was those bands that's what it was. in your head did you think there was gonna be a like a ceiling to that, or did you think you could have been the next Metallica? Oh no, I'm not naive. <laughs> you, you, knew uh, guys. you know the, the whole thing was, oh you're a young guy you know, the whole thing was is like I knew I there was a point in time when I said okay Bleeding Through is going to have a really good run at this and we're going to have commercial success and underground success and it's going to be fun and when Bleeding Through was at our biggest moment um, the thing that really ruined it for me and the thing because I'm a complete like anxiety mess and it's just it's bad like my anxiety is bad and I'd say when Bleeding Through was at our peak, um, and you know our peak was fucking selling a hundred hundred thousand records and you know selling out a thousand cap venues. That was like our <clears> peak, <throat> you know, which is big. Yeah, that a that is big because and I'll, I'll get to the reason why I could, why I think that's big now. But I was so fucking anxiety, dude, that like I didn't enjoy it. And the reason why I didn't enjoy it is because I just wanted to simply 
share my music and I wanted people to buy my music because I felt that they would enjoy it. I didn't want them to buy it because of sound scans or yeah. the numbers game because everybody else cared about that except me and it really bummed me out mm-hmm. I, like, and it ruined it for me mm-hmm. because I would show up to a venue and I remember this distinctly and I remember we showed up to a venue in, it was uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, Palladium downstairs, Palladium through headlining, right when the truth came out and there was 1,900 people there. Mm-hmm. 1,900 <laughs> fucking people to see my stupid band play a show. Yeah. All right? I remember being bummed out that it was 60 people away from selling out. <laughs> that, that was what you focused on. That was what I was focused on because all fucking day long I was getting emails and texts from people being like, is it sold out yet? It, that, this show needs to sell out. Like, why the fuck does this show need to sell out? What's the difference between 1,900 people and 1,960 people? Yeah. Right. Like, but it got my mind racing and I didn't fucking enjoy it. So it, once I said to myself, you know what? I don't care about this. I just want to play music. It, you know, that's when I realized there was... So there was a time when you kind of stepped back. There was a re- time when I realized, like, you know, you know, like, there was a time I realized that when we were at that point, I was like, listen to our fucking music, dude. Like, it's way too heavy mm-hmm. to, like, ever be Metallica status. Uh-huh. And we don't wear masks <clears throat> like fucking Slipknot. Uh-huh. And we don't play timeless jams like Slayer. Like, you know what I mean? And people were like, well, what about Kill Switch Engage and Lamb of God? And I was like, good bands? But they're never going to even fucking taste what bands like Metallica have. Yeah. They're not even going to taste what bands like Slipknot have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they might say, like, oh, well, We've sold out the same buildings as Slipknot, but Slipknot's fucking Slipknot, dude. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking, you know, I don't go to a mechanic shop and see a dude wearing a Lamb of God shirt, but they're wearing a fucking Slipknot shirt. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, was that opinion, was that your opinion? That was my opinion. And what about the people in your camp? Uh, there was people, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors, and that it pissed me off, and that was what really turned me against the music industry, uh-huh. because all it is is smoke and mirrors and posture, and... All I wanted to do was write music and fucking play shows. Uh-huh. And the byproduct of, I feel, of just relaxing and playing music and playing shows is that sometimes people like you and that's awesome. And that's a positive byproduct of it. Yeah. And, you know, people just fed our heads full of shit, man. And it was like this thing where like, you could be the next Avenged Sevenfold. I'm like, I don't want to be the next Avenged Sevenfold. Like, <laughs> let Avenged Sevenfold be Avenged Sevenfold. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that that you we had a, we had enough exposure and we still do have enough exposure and it's it's fine. Like yeah. it it's it's still a thing where it's still a thing where I never wanted to go somewhere and like not be able to go there because people would be fucking freaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a prime example is when we did a tour with AFI right when Sing the Sorrow came out. Okay, one we did a couple tours of them and they're some of the best times I've ever had, like on tour it's because they're really good friends of ours and they're really awesome to us. And, but I remember walking downtown of whatever city we're at with Davey and people would fucking hound Dave like crazy. And I remember saying to myself, like, I never fucking want that. Yeah. Like that looks horrible. <laughs> Why is that fun? That wouldn't yeah. be fun. The dude can't even go to fucking Starbucks <clears throat> because he's getting like, can't even take his order because there's, some creepy kid like pulling out his fucking hair behind him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no way, man. I'm way too much of like a 
ordinary guy to like be able to deal with that. And you know, I, and I did, and I still have some of that going on. It's like, I go to a fucking baseball game and this person sitting next to me is like, Hey, like, aren't you? And then it's like, starts this conversation about bleeding through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no offense, but like, I really don't want to fucking talk about a fucking dumb <laughs> yeah. game at yeah. a goddamn fucking baseball game. You know what I mean? So it was the thing where like, I realized there was a ceiling and I fucking welcomed that ceiling. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't disillusioned. I feel like a lot of bands were. And so a lot of bands are now very, uh, bitter and like sort of ashamed of what they did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Of some of the sort of the drastic measures that they took. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like musically. Where, or like, where musically, like, our music just gets harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got, I mean, Bleeding like, Through has never pulled any punches in regards to, the, especially the progression of your records. Yeah. All it's done is gotten more over the top as far as, like, heaviness, like yeah. you said. Because, yeah, it's, and that's, I mean, and you can obviously trace the line with other bands that are from Orange County that had that you know that obviously changed their style as absolutely time and, and you'll see those bands that have a those all those bands that we all know who we're talking about right with the probably with the exception of Avenged Sevenfold yeah all had members in that band that were split down the middle of what they thought they were doing was right or not sure you know and so it was a gut check yeah, yeah. why the fuck would you want to go on stage playing a music that you don't organically enjoy sure you know mm -hmm. what I mean so it's it's this thing where unless you're getting paid a fuckload of money right yeah. <laughs> And I'm not even gonna say like, oh, fucking, you're just doing it for money. Fuck. Bleeding through is raking in fucking guarantees of like a hundred grand a night because we had some fucking single on the radio that was like whiny and shit. And I didn't <laughs> like it, but I was making that much fucking cash. I fucking do it. <laughs> like we all have our fucking price. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And I'm a businessman, so there we go. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the how does it feel now obviously like like you said you've got to mentally to the place where you're able to make that transition into a quote-unquote more real life like yeah. where you're dedicated to you know building your business etc yeah. etc you know how do, how does that feel now in comparison to you know where you were at obviously whatever a few years ago when you were having that sort of epiphany dude it's like you know it was that couple years of panic for for and i'm sure anybody in a band that kind of realizes that they don't want to be in their thirties touring eight months a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, holy shit, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Right. So the thing was, is like, I was like, what's one thing that I've been passionate about my whole life as much, or not my whole life, but just as much time as music. Yeah. I'm like fitness. Like I've always been the person in a fucking building in the middle of the floor getting made fun of because I was working out. Right. You know what I mean? No, you were definitely working out before working out on tour was cool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> people, people were looking, but it's like, dude, like, Brady, you What the fuck is he doing? Like, oh, cool, fucking workout guy. And now it's like, <laughs> and now we go on tour and dude, first thing dudes come up to me is like, hey man, I love your band. Hey, do you think I could work out with you? <laughs> like, that's like what it is. It's, but, uh, you know, I realized that and I, I said, you know what? Like, I'm very passionate about this and what I started to do is, on the road started to kind of like do like workouts by, by the vans and trailers and shit like that. And I would have people come over and we would work out together. And I'm like, I, and people would say to me, like, you have kind of like a knack for this. So I came home and, and, uh, started training with this, this fellow named Scott Prohaska, who's a professional, like strength and conditioning coach and kind of interned under him for about, for a little while and kind of went and just went out on my own and did my own thing and business is going well. And, I, I feel that I'm good at it. You yeah. Know? So and it was like a kind of like a very natural transition for me because the way that I'm building my business is the same way that I built 
my band's business. Of course. Like from nothing coming up, you know what I mean? I'm letting it grow organically and letting the product speak for itself. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? I'm not giving it like there isn't really that much of a gimmick to it. Right. You're not, you know what I mean? You're, like, you're not you're not you're not presenting it as an infomercial. No, I'm not. Train with Brandon and get a no. six pack in and, six weeks. And, and that's the thing. And the thing is too, it's like I don't even attack the whole bleeding through thing. Yeah. It's people might have heard from me, heard of me because of that, but it's not I'm not roping in fans that want to tour, that want to work out with me. It's not I would say that none of my clients are my fans. Right. But I do have things in the work like I'm writing a book. Um you know, once I move into like my own gym in a few months where it will be the first rise above fitness actual gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan to do like videos, DVDs, tour. The first tour DVD I'm going to do is called, it's just going to be called backstage workout. And it's just going to be about using very minimal things. That's a cheap way to stay in shape on the road. And you actually, and I tested all these, all these methods with, with, uh, people that were on the road with myself, um, people in my band and everybody got like smashing results. So I know it works, you know what nice. I mean? So it's the way of like do things like the book, the DVDs and kind of let it build like that. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? yeah. I don't want to just be a trainer. Sure. I didn't, you know, although I knew there was a ceiling to, and I, and I didn't really care too much for the whole glitz and glamor of being, uh, in a band. It's like, I didn't just want to be a singer either. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, the front man. You're blind, br- branding <laughs> through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but the thing is like, I just, you know, the, that's so it was an easy transition, and it, it, it did take me a second to wrap my head around like, yeah, man, this is this is going to be the transition I'm going to phase right. out of my life, and you know, bleeding through is still going on, and we still play shows, and it's fun, and we'll still do tours because it's fun, right? And I love that, right? I go on tour and I have so much more fun now, right? Because I don't because have you've made that mental and, distinction because nobody's coming up to me going, dude, what are we doing merch tonight? I'm like, fuck, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I've even do. I've even contemplating not even selling merch anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that's perfect. And like we were discussing before too, like you are still straight edge. Yeah, I'm still straight edge. That obviously is a very uh, dying breed. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> well, we have we have three. Uh, three. That's good. Technically, Scott is, but he doesn't call himself yeah, that. Yeah. He doesn't uh, need new labels. New labels. Yeah. He's a budget. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny. It's straight edge is a very funny thing to me because uh, I feel like the the newer breed of straight edge don't get it, and that's just me being bitter hardcore guy again. That's fine. Because uh, okay, I'll just tell you a story. I was at a show it, at House of Blues, and it was Thrash and Burn something or other. And, you know, all these bands were playing, uh, like Amira was playing and Oceano and all these bands. And I think Devil Driver was headlining. And I was honestly there to see Devil Driver. Sure. You know, because they're fucking rad dudes. And, you know. And I was standing by talking to a friend out and some guy, like, recognized me. And he came up to me and he's like, hey, man, you're playing everybody. I'm like, yeah, man, how's it going? He's all, you still straight edge? And I'm like, yeah. And he's all, better be. <laughs> and I grabbed the little fucking kid by the throat, slammed against the wall, and I said, or what? <laughs> or what? What if I said no? What the fuck were you going to do to me? Right. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, he's like, oh, man, I just, it, it's cool. And I'm like, I couldn't help but react. And I said, guess what, dude? You won't be in a year. <laughs> it's so true, though. Because that fucking attitude is, you, you're not straight for the right reason. No. Like, I always knew that I was going to be straight all the time. Right. Well, I saw my friends kind of fly away and it's completely fine with me. Like you're able to, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want in your life. <laughs> right. My choice is to be straight edge. Like, sure. You know, and it's, do you still feel something that I find? Cause I, I know we're around the same age. Yeah. The, what I wrestle with is the idea of the label. Like, 
does you know because people ask me where it's just like oh you know you're still straight edge and you, do you still call yourself that yeah and i'm like yeah yeah because i feel honestly for me personally i feel like if i stop calling myself it yeah then the, i'm not gonna be it and the dumb kids win yeah like the the way that yeah. straight edge can be misrepresented we're like yeah. you're saying <clears throat> like if i were to go up to a person and be like oh you still straight edge yeah. like, who says that yeah dude like that's a thing i was just like man like I remember going home that night and just like being like, what the fuck was that? About? <laughs> First off, disappointed that I reacted like that. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> but uh, another, another part of me was just like very bummed. And, and I, I didn't think about it for a second. I'm like, but at the same time, it's like, I'm straight just for myself. I'm not straight just for a scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes you total know? sense. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the suffer well stuff like that is, yeah. Uh, obviously you guys are signed to Century Media and yeah. you guys are putting out records with them. I mean, is that going to be like a full-time touring thing? No. no I figured as much. No. It's, obviously, uh, considering no, we were just talking. I would never leave my successful career band to join a new band. <laughs> you don't want to start over? No, no. <laughs> Grind you know it out, I mean? It's like, those, those times were fucking great, but honestly, man, like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was just curious about that. Uh, I came, you know, I just like to, I like music. Yeah. And the thing like is like, I, when I, when I met Mick and he hit me up about doing some stuff with him and we wrote a record together, I was like, I, I feel like we have something. I sure. feel like it sounds rad and I, I enjoy playing it. So that was just sort of the thing. Yeah. And we played our first show last night and I felt it went pretty well. Good. Good. And it was like, it, but I didn't realize it like, man, it's like once you step away from being a full-time band where you're at these fucking shows eight months a year, once you make that choice in your head to step away, that scene passes you by. Yeah. And it's like, I felt like a fucking dinosaur. On that <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I'm, I don't mean to like ape myself right now, but fuck man. I just feel that new bands just don't get it. <clears throat> sure. And that's what people are coming up to me after the show. And they're like, dude, you're like insane up there, bro. Like that shit was fucking insane. And I'm just like, dude, I felt like I was like mellow. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, if that's insane, it's like, what the fuck are you looking like? All, all that, all that's, you? all that's expected of bands these days, especially within that hardcore scene, is you just have to pace back and forth between, you know, from one side of the stage to yeah. another, and obviously, like maybe make some jumps, maybe, yeah. but definitely not to the point of where you're actually emoting up there, you know? Yeah, it's, oh man, it was it's a weird, it's a weird thing with me and music these days. <laughs> you know, I love music. I hate every sort of scene. I, I just. You know what I mean? It's like Zoli said. Zoli from Ignite said, you know, I care about hardcore, but I hate the scene. Sure. I'm fucking right there with it. Right, right, right. Like. Well, especially when you're, when you grow older and you get some sort of perspective on it. Yeah. That's when you're able to make. Well, when you see like how genuine you think people are and how dedicated people are. And then you see like those numbers just dwindle away and you realize that it's like. Those are the people that realize it's not about the scene. It's, they realize it because they just they just love the music. Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and as far as touring, Suffer Well is not going to be full time touring. I, you know, I'm a full time trainer, part time singer, and it's right. You know, my focus is building my business. And, <laughs> I like that full time. Here's, here's a hypothetical. Sure, Slayer calls you tomorrow. We've already done a Slayer tour. No, you're in. I'm in Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's a hypothetical. You drop everything. Oh, I love Slayer. Uh, you know what? No, man. I think I'm. I think I'm ready. Yeah. You know. I, think it's, I just. I'm very passionate about this, and I know it's like boring to some people, but I'm. I want to make it interesting and exciting to people like me. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's why if you go to the gym I'm at right now and see a lot of my clients, it's like, I do have a niche. Like it's, they're it's, excited about working yeah, out. Yeah. It, and it's like, I'm, I'm bringing that to them. And that's why I want to write books and do DVDs. It's like, you know, people throw on loosely, like you want to become a fitness celebrity. I'm like, leave the celebrity out of it. You just I want to be like face in that industry. You want to like, be like Billy Blanks. <laughs> yeah, so without the Tybo. No, the thing is, like, I just think, you know, I look at that that industry and that scene, and it's, it's, uh, there's need for someone like me. And it's, yeah, if Slayer called, man, it'd be fucking, what would I be doing? What do, what do you want to do? <laughs> I could air drum the shit out of Slayer. So, let's, okay, let's put it this way. If, if all of a sudden I can get behind that kit and fucking just jam You have the ability? Up, I might have to do a tour or two. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. Like you said, everybody, everybody has a price. Like you said, fuck because you know Slayer is that band where I could air drum flawlessly to every single record, <laughs> even the bad ones. You know the uh, you were because correct me if I'm wrong. You were I mean baseball. I love it. That, no, I mean and that's what you <laughs> yeah. did. I know you love it, yeah. and that's what you did in high. Were you you did that in high school? Yeah, I did that in high school. Were because you were attempting to like get drafted. I wanted, it? you know, I, I, you know, another thing, hardcore ruined my life, dude. Sure. You know, <laughs> hardcore ruined you know, a lot of people. How, how many, how many people can say that? Like, it's like, uh, what happened is, uh, I was very good at baseball. Um, I remember, you know, get, get garnishing some interest from like schools and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and the whole thing, like, I never got drafted per se, but I right. got invited to scout ball by the Montreal Expo. There you go. Because yeah. I, I knew there was some connection where it's yeah. the fact. I mean, obviously, being in high school, they can't be like, oh, hey. <laughs> no, it was more like, hey, come to this camp and yeah, yeah. swing a bat for us. Sure, you know? sure. Um, do I think that if I stayed playing baseball that I would have a shot to play in the major leagues? Maybe. I, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, know? yeah, it's tough to it's, tell. It's just if you dedicate yourself to something, anything's possible, really. Sure. Um, I don't think God gave it to me, but you know, the, the cliche God given talent right. of hitting a ball pretty far. You know sure, what I mean? sure, so sure. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. But it was the thing where I stepped on that stage with 18 visions and I was like, fuck baseball, dude. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Yeah. That, I'm sure that was really tough for your parents. It was pretty hard. Mom, yeah. we that Coos Cafe. I remember. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty hard for oh, them. Man. For them to swallow and it, but you know they they support me. Yeah, they support it. I mean, once they once they realize it, like you said, you're committed to it. Yeah, like, once once they saw that, like, dude, I went to fucking Russia and played shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And like, I was going. Like, I remember the first. I think the first time I went to Europe, 2003. It was like really when they realized that, like, you're not in a business wow. failure. Like you're going to Europe. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Right. You know. Um, and sort of to wrap things up. Um, I always like to, uh, unless obviously Chris or Scott have any other random questions that you'd like to uh, badger Brandon with. It could be drama. It could be rumors. I have a random question. Sure. So you seem pretty well adapted to the next phase of your life, yeah. like you're in the right direction. Yeah. How is the rest of your band doing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I know that Derek, you know, has a full-time job that's a great job for him. Uh, he has two kids, lovely kids, and his wife's awesome. Uh, Dave... Dave's, you know, I like to call him Dave a lifer. He's like our newest guitar player that was in No Use for a Name and bands like Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves and stuff. And it was like, he's, you know, he, he's all about teaching guitar and he does really well. He's very successful in it and it's a good business for him to have. And I think if he wanted to take that next step to like open his own school or something like that, he'd be very successful doing it because mm -hmm. he's tremendously talented. 
Mar- Marta, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can honestly say I have no clue. I know she lives up north with her with her boyfriend. Um, and she's really happy. I know she's happy. You know what I mean? Uh, Brian isn't really into bleeding through that much. It's like, you know, he yeah. has a full-time job and we have to get a filling guitar player from every tour. So. Right, right. Uh, and as far as Ryan Wambacher, I mean, he's very talented. Like, he's very good, like, doing his, like, motorcycle painting and, mm-hmm. you know, the custom, like, mods and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that, I think that we all have the ability to take that next step. I don't think that everybody's ready to. Yeah, sure. I think that I kind of stun people with this a little bit. Like, I was sort of just like, are you the, the Dave Grohl of Bleeding Through? <laughs> I might be the Dave Grohl of Bleeding Through. Yeah. I'm the only original member. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and it, it's been my, it's been my baby. You're you know steering the ship. Yeah, I'm yeah. steering it, unfortunately, for some people. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm not going to be 30 touring that much. You know? Yeah. I, I'll do things to feed my music. It's like I'm doing a project with Alex from Atreyu right now called I'm War. And it's just pissed off fucking hardcore. It's just fun. Yeah. I just want to have fun. It's like, it wasn't fun for me. I remember getting off, I remember getting off the stage it, uh, full force with Full Force Festival in Germany. We played in front of like 30,000 people and I remember leaving that stage just going like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is wrapped up. Cool. Like, this yeah. is, I, I'm leaving the stage right now with no feeling. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that was like a big thing for me where I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? And I think it was, it just took some of that because I feel like I felt like bleeding through for a second there had like a puncher's chance mm-hmm. to get to where we were in like, say like 2006, 2007. But the thing is, is it's not like that for anybody that doesn't exist anymore. Everybody just lies about their fucking numbers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Prime example. And I hate to even like put this band on blast or whatever, but like, all I hear about is how fucking big Winds of Plague like is right now. Okay, <laughs> we played a show with them last night where their guest list was the guest list of the show was three hundred people, and they gave away tickets. Mm-hmm. And there still was not that many people there. <laughs> you know what I mean? In yeah. a pretty small venue. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm sure if you ask somebody in that camp or around, they'll say, "Oh, the show is fucking sold out." Fucking. 1,400 people there, even though Benny doesn't fit that. The band did fucking 11 grand in merch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's the world that I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I, that's, the, the music industry is so dead and music is so fucking beaten to a pulp. And it's just, if you're not doing this because you love to play music, you are fucking in for a road of hard, disillusioned disappointment. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. And it's like, I think that that's what, for a second there, I was like, nope, we're going to just do it and maybe we can get to that point. And then it was like, it went, it was, it went this fast. It was like, we put out this record with all this fucking promise and then it came out and I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at least. But you know what? I had more fun playing shows in the last four years from Declaration on to now uh-huh. than I fucking ever have. Like, I love it, except, you know, when I was talking about leaving that stage and saying, I'm done. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like, I'm done. It was more like, yeah, I feel comfortable with making that transition to, like, real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny because so, there's so many people, obviously, that can't make that transition. Some people can. Some people will be trying this for so long. And I 
and I see it and it makes me sad. Yeah. It totally makes me sad. Like how many people I know that are still trying to fucking, fucking burn that midnight oil, man. Like it's just, they're not going to get there, man. Yeah. Like they're not. (laughs) I don't know any other way to say that. Like I just, I'm sorry to be that guy, but like they're just not going to get there. Right. You know, and and I, you know, newer bands that are kind of getting going, I can understand their excitement. I've had that excitement before. Sure. But they need to be fucking honest with themselves. Yeah. Like, because they start believing their fucking overhyped, overpumped up numbers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, and obviously a lot of people, like you said, that surround bands of that nature, where it's like, you know, you're surrounded by yes men. Where oh, it's and, just that's, like, and that's all it is, too. I just feel, I feel like everywhere from like new management, new booking agents, new this, they, they don't, they didn't they're not on the same wavelength of like bleeding through. So I don't feel that like we could go on on a full-time basis. Yeah. Cause I don't think anybody gets it. Sure. Yeah. I Chris, I want to loop you into this because I know you deal with a lot of bands that obviously yeah. like, well, obviously you deal with a lot of bands, you run a label. Like, do you get the sense of a lot of bands? I mean, I know a lot of bands that you probably deal with don't have these, perceptions of like we're going to be as big like balance and composure yeah they don't have the mentality at least in my perspective of being as big as like you know the Foo Fighters and stuff yeah, like that yeah no one on the label does I'm yeah. sure I would hope they all know that we all only have a certain while in this like yeah. right. no sleep's only been around for X amount of years sure it's like the bands pretty much they all know that sure I think there's 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 been some bands in the past that have thought like they were going to get so huge and they told me they were going to get big before some other band on my label. And then, yeah. then they play local shows in their state of whatever state yeah. it is. It's say, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, some of these newer bands that we've brought on the road with us, and that's the thing too, is like, we don't have anything in common with them. Yeah. Except the fact that they all come up and say that Bleeding Through is like pro- one of the reasons why they're a band. Mm-hmm. Like, but, then, but then I look at the way they operate their band and the way they operate their minds and I'm like, I don't know if that's a fucking insult or like. Sure. And, well, they're probably obviously they're just speaking music. Yeah. They've like literally never done any research on bleeding through. Well, and that's and that's the reason why <clears throat> the, the newer bleeding through record. That's what the record's about. Mm-hmm. Just like feeling just empty when, sure. you, when you look back or you look at the future of like something that you had that you like were part of. You know what I mean? Right. Just. Yeah, future's bleak. It is, man. And it's like, <laughs> well, you're optimistic about any bands. Am I optimistic about any bands? Yeah, is there, there any there, band coming up that these guys know? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there is, and I'm hoping these bands like do like you know there is bands like hardcore bands like you know I do like Trash Talk and I do like you know like Black Breath and all those bands and I know those bands are pretty like like hot right now you know what I mean but I do think those bands are cool yeah I do I do I, I like them and, like, and you get the vibe too that those bands obviously are doing like they never started off as a business first no and then, and then decided to yeah. be like oh dude we can make some serious See, that's money like, out of this that's like one of the things I'm looking with like all my bands they're they all have like 90s or 2000 like ethics yeah, it seems sure. you know where it was then I mean that's like what I listen to all the time still and that's what they all listen to and it's a period where people did it because they liked it. Yeah. Like nowadays people do it to, to look cool, to try to do. Right. I, I, you know, one, one of the things I could, I could say is like, it was crazy. I mean, you know, these bands talking about, yeah, we're going to be on warp tour. Like our label said, we're going to be on warp tour in a bus and like all this shit. And I'm like, fuck man. Like I remember the first time bleeding through got a buyout. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was at Club Chrome in Jersey. Sure. And we got four bucks each. And I remember being like, Whoa, Whoa guys. Like, straight up, we fucking, we are rolling. Right we, now. It's like, it's like my bands, they'll play some shows. I mean, like, some of them are doing a lot better than others, obviously. And then sure. some, like, they'll play show, they'll get, like, ten bucks, and they'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like... You just have you just have to have your... Per- you just have to have... You have to want to do it for what you're doing. Yeah, yes. totally. Like, you and, like your music, you like... And I think that's lost. Yeah. I think it's lost. It and is. I think bands don't have control of their bands. I think it's all thrown to fucking management and A&R guys, <coughs> stuff like that. I remember bleeding through Avenged Sevenfold and Atreyu were the first three bands I knew that had management. Yeah. In our world. That's true. I would agree. It was like, I remember it. Because nobody else had it. And everybody always asked me, what's up with management? Yeah. And management to me was like, we were on tour with AFI, and I hit up Ryan Downey, and I was like, dude, if I have to do the business of this band, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Like, can yeah. you do something? And he's just like, yeah, man, let me give it a shot. And it was like that. Yeah, no, I, I always remember too, because like towards the end of Taken, <coughs> there was people that were sniffing around for management for us, and I was always like, no fucking way, dude. Because yeah. you have this perception yeah. of management yeah. being like the pulling the strings totally. and the puppets, and you I know, was like... I'm going to fucking pull this card and get you this Unreal Tour. And that's one of the reasons why we, we were with Ryan Downey. We well, because you've known him for two months. And he never gave us any of those... Those promise. He said, "I'm gonna work really fucking hard for your band, yeah. and we're gonna try to build something together." And I said, "Fuck yes, we're like, like, let's I'm, do this." Yes, you know, we had management meetings with certain people that were like, "I'm gonna put you on tour, Spine Shank," yeah. and I'm just like, <laughs> "Fucking, my, my dreams <laughs> arrived!" Like, like, hallelujah! Who the fuck is this band? You know what I mean? And it's like. That's I don't awesome. Know. It's it's just really weird. I I look at the music industry and I and I see a lot of good things. Like, yeah. Like I I do think your label's fucking awesome. Thanks. You know, I think that there's labels out there. I still think Death Wish gets it. Yeah, of course. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um. You know, one of the biggest regrets I think I've had in bleeding through, and I look back and it's really unfortunate. Is I don't think we ever should have left Indecision Records. Like I think bleeding through would have been That's maybe, right. maybe really not as as big of a band but I think we would have seen more of our music sure you know what I mean like I I still get fucking royalties from Dave Mandel I don't get royalties from Josh Bell. I've sold Josh Bell close to 400,000 records and I've never seen one fucking royalty I sold Dave Mandel about 15,000 royalties you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's for It's like, sure. I feel like we gave up our soul a little bit. And that's one thing that I feel that bands are doing. It's like, before they even play a show, they have a booking agent, management. They're fucking give, having 360 deals with their their record labels. And they just, they give it full, away. Full stage banner. Yeah. Everything. They, they yeah. give it away. The, the cart is in front of the horse. Dude, it's just, it's fucking crazy. That's the thing I could just, I could talk about this for days, but honestly, it's like. So I'm going to play pop psychologist here. Let's do it. Yes. Is, is that sort of like, Smoke and mirrors is that kind of the polar opposite of that? It's like working out. Like you can't hide behind anything. No, you know, you're gonna. You can do two hundred pounds. You can do two hundred. You're gonna either do it or you're not. That's basically it. You <laughs> have, know, you, have you like? You're either gonna make that transition, or you're gonna and you're gonna improve, or you're just gonna fucking not. There's no, the proof is in the pudding there. Yeah. Have you, you ever thought about that? You can't. Are, yeah. <laughs> no. Totally. And I think that's what like I've you know the thing is is like. I've been in pursuit of the truth in my life for like the last five years. Mm-hmm. 
And because in music, I wasn't finding that anymore because of, it's just, just all the reasons you listed. Right, right, right. Nothing is more, nothing is more like pure to me than, than at least my world of like fitness. Yeah. Because it's like, either this person's going to work really hard and see the return of what he works for or she works for, or they're not. And they're just going to be wasting their fucking time. Yeah. yeah. You can't lie about anything. Yeah. You can't say, yeah, I have body fucking fat of 8.6. I weigh 230 pounds. I'm six foot three. I run a 40 in fucking four, 4.3 seconds. No, because the proof's there. Yeah. Right. If then you show you can't say that show up, be five foot five, yeah. 330 pounds, <laughs> right. have a fucking like a body mass index fucking through the roof. Uh-huh. You can't do that. There's no, there's no lying in it. There's yeah. absolution and truth. Yeah. Like straight up. Like, yeah. Like math class versus English class. It is. That's the it convert, yeah. It is the truth of numbers or there's the slander of words. Yeah. Sure, sure. And it's that I think that's why I'm I'm drawn to it. Mm-hmm. You that know? Makes sense. And so, I like helping people. I really do. Yeah, but that I mean I imagine that's yeah. it, it's a benefit. why do people watch the shows like yeah. the biggest loser? I felt like I helped people I, you know what I, <laughs> and the thing is one thing I could say about like bleeding through his career is I feel like we did help people. I feel we want we were one of those bands that had that did tap the emotional vein of the world. Sure. You know, because the, the lyrics were emotional. Right. Well, yeah, you 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 guys always were what you were. You yeah. wore your band's emotions on your sleeve. Absolutely. Like you didn't, you Sometimes didn't... too much, and I think we got taken advantage of, but sure, another, sure. another interview for another time. <laughs> That'll be... Part two. Part, yeah. part two. <laughs> we'll come back in a few weeks yeah. on that one. Awesome. Um, and sort of wrap things up, uh, I always like to kind of pull together some sort of, I mean... Ending on something positive, like what was the most sort of, I guess, surreal moment, like you were saying, within you know your band's career, that was like obviously flipping it from the perspective of like when you walked off the stage and being like, I can't do this anymore, to the most defining moment where you're just like, this is, you know, I have made this right decision, like this is good. This was, you know, whether it's like a funny story as far as like, oh, dude, we fucking hung out, like you were saying, hung out with James Vanderbeek in a plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, man, I could say it right now. I think the thing that was like, touring with Slayer was the thing. Yeah. Did you guys get heckled on that tour? No. One show. Really? And the dude got beat up. The guy? Really? By, by fans. Really? <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. It was one guy. <laughs> That's that pretty one, like, the crowd was like silent and said, Fuck you, faggots! And then all I did, all I know is I looked down and there was kid pummeling him. We Slayer fans loved us. Manson fans hated us. Interesting. And everybody thought it was gonna be the other way around. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I know fucking you guys like look all creepy. You Manson fans would be all over it. We still play blast beats and breakdowns. Yeah. yeah. We still have a fucking. We still play circle pit songs. Sure. You know. Just because we have a keyboard there doesn't mean we have fucking... Well, fortunately, she's a girl, so... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> you were able to hit people in that demographic if they were like, oh, that band's a... It was, it, that, that tour was just surreal because I remember just being like, dude, we are on fucking tour with Slayer. Right. And those dudes were so fucking cool. Yeah. Like... Yeah, not, not every band has the luxury of no, saying that. No. And, and actually being able to live through that and not be completely killed. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That was fun. Good. I'm glad. I'm not having to build it up. It's getting harder.